on a Friday on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. A landlord is being terrorized for trying to kick tenants out. Told you this was coming. We have some lifelong socialist who's really, really confused about cancel culture. We have Joe Biden embarrassing himself. Maybe the greatest thread I've ever read in my life about why America distrusts its cultural institutions. Why a fascist is absolutely coming to America and coming probably sooner than you think. I'll get to that about an hour from now. Oh, and did I mention your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for the show? We have great ones. I mean, we have... People wanting to know about congressional insider trading. There's a tiger fighting a gorilla. There's a question about raising a toddler and spicy food. All over the map. It's going to be a great Jesse Kelly show, mainly because I'm here, Chris. (laughs) What? Oh, in case you're wondering who the guest is, there's no guest. I woke up this morning, and you know what I said to myself? Today should be about me. So that's what we're going to make tonight's show about. But first and foremost, cultural institutions. We talk a lot about them on this show. I just talked to you about them last night. Let's talk about them again because we're going to talk about a dangerous situation happening right now in America. Dangerous for you, dangerous for me, dangerous for everybody really. A culture, a culture is built on pillars, institutions, if you will, but think of them like pillars who hold the culture up. Religion, every culture has one. It's not an accident. I don't care if you're doing the atheist thing. It doesn't matter to me. Not preaching at you. Every culture has one. Tiny, tiny tribes have one. Large nations have one. Religion, critically important part of culture. Media, there's some form of relaying information from place to place in every single culture. Entertainment, there's always a form of entertainment. Government, education, sports. Yet, don't roll your eyes. I don't care about sports. Sports, whether you care about them or not, is an important part of a culture. That's why it's in every single culture. Cultural institutions. When cultural institutions are all governed, all of them, by the exact same ideology, you have now a system. A system where people feel like they can't escape it. People feel ostracized, people feel unheard, and that creates a dangerous situation. I am going to read for you. I've never done this before. I don't know that I'll ever do it again. But I read something this morning, and I thought, man, this guy absolutely nails it. There's a podcast out there called Martyr Made. His name is Daryl Cooper. Daryl Cooper does a Martyr Made podcast. I listened to one of them a long time ago. It was on the Israel-Palestine, how all that stuff began. I thought it was fascinating if you'd like more information on how all that stuff began. I'm giving the guy a plug. I don't know the guy at all. He might be the Antichrist for all I know. But 
I didn't necessarily love how it ended. It seemed a little blame the Jewsy, but still, the guy was very sharp. It was very informative. It's it's fine. He laid something out today on social media, and I thought it really, really nailed how people feel about the system now, how people on the right feel about the system. And I'm going to tell you why it's so dangerous and exactly where it's going, but allow me to start reading through this. I'm going to pause several times, mostly because I love my own thoughts the most. First and foremost, he he begins, I think I've had discussions with enough boomer-tier Trump supporters who believe the 2020 election was fraudulent to extract a general theory about their perspective. It is also the perspective of most of the people at the Capitol on January 6th and probably even Trump himself. I will be willing to bet, this is me stepping away for a moment, I will be willing to bet this thread rings Very, very, very true for you. He continues on. Most believe some or all of the theories involving midnight ballots, voting machines, etc. But what you find when you talk to them is that while they'll defend those positions with info they got from Hannity or Breitbart or whatever, they're not particularly attached to them. Here are the facts, actual confirmed facts that shape their perspective. The FBI spied on the 2016 Trump campaign using evidence manufactured by the Clinton campaign. We now know all involved knew it was fake from day one. He says, see Brennan's July 16th memo. I'm going to pause for just a moment here. I brought this up at the time. I brought it up for four years. And what frustrated me was the right. Many of the pundit class and politician class on the right not being willing to admit this. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, using information given to them by the Democrats, information they knew to be false, and taking that information to the FISA court so they could spy on not just an American citizen. That alone would be bad enough. Using it so they could spy on their political opponent. That, even though you can't see it now, that did more to bring down and break up the United States of America than anything else I have ever seen in my lifetime. Why? Because even right-thinking Democrats, normal-thinking Democrats, I've talked to these people in private, I mean more old-school types, you know, he's a pipe fitters union, been there for 40 years, just something like that, Even normal Democrats are creeped out at the revelation that the Federal Bureau of Investigation might be working for the Democrats, might use their position of power for political purposes. You want to know why this creeps people out so much? They understand that the Federal Bureau of Investigation can ruin anybody's life they want to. Anybody's life they want to, they can ruin it. Now, hear me out. Don't make this mistake of thinking, well, if it's, that's why you have a jury. That's uh, a jury of your peers. It's why you have a jury. Brother, how many people out there, how many people have you seen out there 
who've had their reputation and their life absolutely destroyed by accusations, oftentimes real-looking accusations, and then they're eventually found innocent and don't do a day in prison? Well, that doesn't get your reputation back. That doesn't get you a reputation back. Let me tell you something. Because uh, is there anything worse than people hurting kids in some way? Right? There's nothing worse than that. In my opinion, that should be a capital offense. And I don't, I don't even, I go back and forth on believing in capital punishment. But people who hurt kids, throw them out of a helicopter for all I care. How much effort do you think the system would have to put in if the FBI was aiding it to convince everyone you know that you're somebody who hurts kids. How many news stories do you think they'd have to plant? How many sources do you think they have at the local newspaper they can give a story to? And then that paper runs it. And then another paper runs it. And soon your boss finds out. And he can't be associated with a scandal like that. And, he, and soon you're fired. And then your wife finds out. Your mom's calling you. This isn't true, right? Your kids can't go to school anymore. Are you starting to understand how dangerous it is? I'm not done yet. We have a long way to go as we walk through our institutions and why we're so dangerous. Why it is a really perilous time here on The Jesse Kelly Show. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We are having a blast as we walk through this long Daryl Cooper thread together, you and I. I got like two into it and then I got distracted. But the truth is, like I said, last segment. The Federal Bureau of Investigation working for the Democrats against the Trump campaign did as much to bring down the United States of America as anything else ever has. Because now, half this country, at least, if not more, half this country, when you say FBI, they roll their eyes. When you don't have faith in the Justice Department, when you don't have faith in law enforcement anymore, You're teetering on something dangerous. I'm going to continue on with this thing now. Everyone involved lied about their involvement as long as they could. We only learned the DNC paid for the manufactured evidence because of a court order. Comey denied on TV knowing the DNC paid for it. And when we have emails from a year earlier proving that he knew. That was true with everyone, from CIA Director Brennan to Adam Schiff, who were on TV saying they've seen clear evidence of collusion with Russia while admitting under oath behind closed doors that they hadn't all the way down the line. In the end, we learned that it was all fake. At first, many Trump people were worried because there must be some collusion because every media and intel agency wouldn't make it up out of nothing. When it was clear they had made it up, people expected a reckoning and shed many illusions about their government when it didn't happen. Pay attention to this part. This part is important. We know as a fact the Steele dossier was the sole evidence used to justify spying on Trump campaign. The FBI knew the Steele dossier was a DNC op. Steele's source told the FBI the info was unserious. They did not inform the court of any of this, and they kept spying. 
Trump supporters knew the collusion case front and back. They went from worrying about collusion must be real to suspecting it might be fake to realizing it was a scam and then watched every institution, agencies, the press, Congress, academia, gaslit them for another year. Worse, collusion was used to scare people away from working in the administration. They knew their entire lives would be investigated. Many quit because they were being bankrupted by legal fees. The DOJ, press, and government destroyed lives and actively subverted an elected administration. Let me clarify something here. Scaring people away from working for Trump? I have repeatedly told you on this show. I think Trump was an outstanding president, big fan of a ton of what he did. His foreign policy was fantastic, border outstanding, big fan, big fan of him treating the media like crap because that's what they are. I have always had two major problems with Trump's presidency, and I was vocal about this while he was president. The absurd spending levels, absurd. He signed every swampy spending bill that came across his desk all while threatening he'd veto the next one, only to sign the next one, too. That's one. That's not defensible. And two, I've always ripped on Trump for his hiring and firing, which was abysmal. However, I have had several people in D.C., people I trust, push back on me on that by saying exactly what this guy just said. They basically tell me, you don't understand what the FBI, DOJ, media did was they poisoned the well. Trump didn't have, you think to yourself, I mean, the president of the United States calls, right? He can have anybody he wants. Surely anyone who's a Republican or even slightly leaning right would work for him. That's not what happened during Trump's presidency. They made it such a shameful thing, such a scarlet letter to work for Trump. They couldn't get anybody quality. So Trump ended up with a whole bunch of turds. That's real. That happened. Continuing on. This is where people whose political identity was largely defined by a naive belief in what they learned in civics class begin to see the outline of a regime that crossed all institutional borders. That's the system I tell you about all the time. Because it had stepped out of the shadows to unite against an interloper. GOP propaganda still has many of them thinking in terms of partisan binaries, but a lot of Trump supporters see that the regime is not partisan. They all know that the same institutions would have taken opposite sides if it was Tulsi Gabbard or Jeb versus Jeb Bush in an election. It's hard to describe the people on the left who are used to thinking the government as a conspiracy, Watergate, so on, How shocking and disillusioning this was for people who encourage their sons to enlist in the army and who hate people who don't stand for the anthem. Allow me to clarify something right now. I can't tell you how many friends of mine I have who have kids who are raising kids right now. And they say, Jesse, would you let your kids join the Marines? Jesse, would you would you let your kids join the arms for armed forces? Because I don't know if I'm going to anymore. You see what I mean about this whole FBI Trump thing? It poisoned the American public. The absolute 
system purge of Trump. Because remember this. We're going to take a little walk through history here, you and I. Remember this. We are at a period of time. People love to use the words fall of Rome. This is the fall of Rome. It's the fall of Rome. It depends on what you consider to be the fall of Rome. The time we're in now, the period of time, it's not the end of the Roman Empire. The time we're in now, and this is why I'm going to tell you why a fascist is coming here in about 30 minutes. The time we're in now, it's the end of the Roman Republic. Rome was a republic for a long time, run by senators, and then eventually emperors started taking over. That's the time we're in right now. But leading up to that time, when it was transitioning from a republic that had become corrupted and was run by corrupt elites who froze people out of power, sound familiar at all? In between that transition time, between it went between when it was republic and an empire and a, a place run by emperors, the Roman system, because it was corrupted, they had a bunch of people begin to rise up and challenge the system. You know what they kept doing to all of them? Killing them. They all died. I could list you person after person, the Grocky brothers, and, and all these people, person after person, would rise up. This is leading up to Julius Caesar, by the way, who eventually took over as emperor. There were so many Caesars that came before him that were challenging the system and the status quo and they would freeze out their supporters and kill their leaders. That's going to be extremely applicable for what I'm going to talk about next. It's going to be applicable for as I, as I go through the rest of this thread and finish it up. And we'll get to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Don't worry about that. And I'm going to tell you why a fascist is coming. Because a fascist is coming. I don't mean a Republican. I don't mean a heavy-handed Republican. I mean a monster. He's coming. I'll tell you why. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I'm going to get back to what I was talking about with this thread and the system and everything in just a second. But first and foremost, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I understand this show is blowing up. Huge all over the place right now, which is ridiculous to me. It's blowing up everywhere, and and that's a good thing. But I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I have been fantastic. Now, back to Twitter. What, Chris? Anyway, back to, to this thread. We're talking about, we're walking through a thread in case you missed the previous two segments about why people are so disillusioned with their cultural institutions. And I'm going to tell you at the end why it is so dangerous. They could have managed the shock if it had only involved the government, but the behavior of the corporate press is really what radicalized them. They hated journalists more than they hated any politician or government official because they felt most betrayed by them. The idea that the press is driven by ratings slash sensationalism became untenable. If that were true, they'd be all over the Epstein story. The corporate press is the propaganda arm of the regime they now see and outline. Nothing anyone says will ever make them unsee that, period. This is profoundly disorienting. Many of them don't know for certain whether ballots were faked in November 2020, but they know for absolute certain that the press, FBI, etc. would lie to them if there was. They have every reason to believe that, and it's probably true. They watched the press behave like animals for four years, 
Tens of millions of people will always see Kavanaugh as a gang rapist based on nothing because of CNN. And CNN seems proud of that. They, they led a lynch mob against a high school kid. They cheered on a number of summer riots. They also claim the media had liberal bias. They, they always claim the media had liberal bias. Fine, whatever. They still thought the press would admit truth if it were cornered. Now they don't. It's a different thing to watch them invent stories whole cloth in order to destroy regular lives and spark mass violence. I'm not going to finish it. I'm going to stop here because that finishes it enough for my purposes. It goes on. I would highly recommend going to read it. It's at MartyrMaid. It's on his Twitter account. But that's where I need it to stop because I have a bunch of things I need to say. That's what I told you about when it becomes a system. You see, it's really, 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 really important for those cultural pillars, those cultural institutions, to have voices at, who lead them, voices at the top of them, who disagree with each other. You have to. Why? Well, let me ask you an honest question. An honest question. I want you to be honest with yourself. What if I were able to give you the power right now to break the law? You could do absolutely whatever you wanted. You could never be arrested. You could never be accused of a crime. You would never, ever, 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 ever spend a day in jail What if I were to just grant you that power right now? And I know what you're saying because we like to lie to ourselves about ourselves, right? I try never to do that. I know I'm a bad person. I know I am. But it's human nature to lie to yourself about yourself. So I know what you're doing. You're saying, oh, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything. I I am a good person. I would not do anything. You'd never speed if you're late to work. Never drive through a stop sign at night. You'd never have that extra beer at your buddy's house that you really wouldn't have now. You know you can, you say to yourself, you can handle it, right? But what if the cops pull me over? I can't afford a DUI. You'd never take anything? Never? Oh, don't be wrong. I don't think you'd run out and murder somebody. At least I hope you wouldn't, but you'd never break the law. Stop lying to yourself. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Because it's human nature. It's not because you're a bad person. In fact, if you didn't ever break the law, that would make you Jesus Christ. Yes, you would. You would break the law. It would start slow. It would start low. It would start with with speeding. It'd start with rolling through a stop sign. Soon, you'd make your way back behind the bank teller, grab a handful of 50s and walk out. You would. You don't do these things because as a human being, you have checks on you. And it's healthy. You need them, right? That's why, uh, why do you think rich people live such crazy lives of debauchery? Because they have fewer checks on them. You can just get away with more. Human beings need checks. When you're a kid, you need parents. When you leave your parents' house, you need around you a good set of friends who will keep you in check. You need rules. Show up on time. Don't leave early. Don't speed. Don't get a DUI. You need rules. Humans need rules. 
the system, when it becomes a system, when all of the cultural institutions, when they all agree with each other all the time and they all serve each other and help each other at all time, all to further the same goal, crush the right, make sure Democrats are in power forever. When that happens, when you control all of them, you can make up whatever you want. Whatever you want. You think I'm wrong? Uh, you just watched them do it. I just read you a little bit. I read you a small glimpse of the things they made up and demanded the American public believe. I didn't even go into uh, George Floyd. In the wake of George Floyd's death, they told you cops were hunting down black men for the color of their skin. And I mean, everyone told you that. And a basic a basic search online for FBI statistics would disprove that notion outright. But they not only did they say it, they demanded you say it. They demanded you believe it. Walk through this experiment with me. People laugh when I bring this up. I'm 100% right. If the system decided tomorrow, let's say Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi got together for whatever reason in the office tomorrow and they came out and decided the sky isn't blue, the sky is green. And you say to yourself, oh, Jesse, that's so stupid. Nobody would believe that. I'm looking up at the sky right now. It's blue. Everyone would believe what they see with their own eyes. Okay, you're right. At first, everyone would roll their eyes. And then you know what would immediately follow? Immediately follow. Article after article after article after article. News story after news story after news story on the nightly news about the green sky. We can't believe the green sky. What a discovery. The sky is green. Have you heard the sky is green? Have you heard about those crazy conspiracy theorists who say the sky is blue? What nut jobs. And then you'd have actors and actresses on on their Instagram page Talking about, whoa, the sky is green. I actually see it. Don't you see it? And there'd be movies and the sky would be green in the movies. And sitcoms and the sky would be green there. And professors would be telling their students, you know the sky is green, right? Don't make me fail you. The sky is green. There'd be sky is green clubs. And then you'd have athletes out there wanting to do right. I am a Nike supporter. I love my green sky. Love to play football under the green sky. Over and over and over and over again, an outright lie that you can disprove with your own eyes, and yet they tell it time and time and time and time and time again, and so eventually you either believe it, or you're just simply too afraid of the shame that comes with arguing with them. That's how you invent story after story after story out of thin air. Once you own all the cultural institutions, there are no longer checks on any of them. And the truth is whatever they want the truth to be. That's a fact. I'm not quite done yet. You want to know another lie they've told you? Oh, I'll tell you that, and then I'll tell you why a fascist is coming. And yes, we have your Ask Dr. Jesse questions coming. But first, here's another lie they told you. We went over it earlier this week. Inflation? Oh, don't worry about inflation. It's actually a good thing. You're going to get a raise. Please tell me you didn't believe that. 
Inflation is going to take every single dime you've worked hard for, and it's going to kneecap it. I don't want that. I don't want an email 10 years from now. Jesse, I had I had 500000 saved up. I was going to retire. I'd worked my whole life for it, and now it's worth half. Please call Oxford Gold Group and have some gold and silver in your hands. Not stocks, real gold, real silver you can hold in your hands. I don't want you to do anything drastic. I don't want you to do anything crazy. I just want you to diversify and protect yourself. Oxford Gold Group has been doing this a long time. They have the reputation they have because they take care of people. 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Use the code JESSE when you call them. Tell them JESSE told you to call. They will take extra special care of you. Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. No, make sure you get quality knee pads. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We are talking about a lot of things. No, sorry, you caught the tail end of a conversation I was having with Chris. We do not have Kamala Harris in studio with us today. Allow me to continue on with what I was talking about. The system can lie to you now because there aren't checks on it. Now, this has done two things. And when I say checks on it, remember, I brought this up before. Let's say they decided the sky was green. If they actually decided that, normally in a healthy, functioning society, you would have other pillars of that society immediately push back on that insanity. Maybe uh, the press. Now, you laugh about that because that sounds ridiculous, but the press would be like, wait a minute, we fact-checked Joe Biden and the sky is not green. What is this idiot saying? And that lie would stop like that. Even Okay, set aside the press. Even if you had somebody majorly influential like uh, LeBron James, I don't care what you say. I don't like him either. I know he's an idiot. That's a hugely influential person. Maybe the most powerful athlete in America. If Joe Biden came out tonight and said the sky is green and LeBron James gets on Instagram with a who knows how many followers he has, probably a lot, and says, what's this idiot talking about? The sky's blue. That stops immediately. Now we're in a place where they can tell you lies and they can make them up out of nothing. And every single institution, including the Justice Department, including the Federal Bureau of Investigation, will back up those lies. They do it endlessly. They wrap your mind around this. This is this is real. Half of the country, I ran a poll one time. I should have looked this up during the break, but Chris and I were too busy. Actually, the knee pad thing, we were talking about Chris just bought a home and he has uh, floors he's putting in his house. And I told him, make sure you buy knee pads. I had to put in floors one time without knee pads. Yeah, I went and got knee pads the next day. That's a mistake you only make one time. Anyway, he was asking if I'd help him. And I said, of course not. But anyway, setting that aside. Wrap your mind around this. We read a poll one time on the show that said the number one issue, they polled Democrat voters, Democrat voters, and they said the number one issue, 
the United States of America faces today is white supremacy. So wrap your mind around this. You have half the country gravely concerned about something that doesn't even exist in any significant form at all. They still, the Federal Bureau of Investigation still says repeatedly before Congress, the greatest threat the country faces today from domestic terror is white supremacists. You have watched with your own eyes for a year and a half as those scumbags in Black Lives Matter and Antifa have looted and murdered and burned their way recklessly through every major American city, and yet the system will, without hesitation, stand in front of you and tell you America is a racist place against black people and white supremacists will bring it to its knees. And this is not a lie they told once. They have told it so many times people believe it. I have an email for uh, or a tweet from a guy I follow, Peg, P-E-G-O-B-R-Y, Peg, said he recently had lunch with a normie friend. He explained that Brian Sicknick, that's the officer who died uh, the day after January 6th, he explained to him that Brian Sicknick died of a heart attack, I actually believe it was a stroke, and the only person shot was an unarmed Trump supporter. He had no idea. He was floored. A basic fact, and his friend had no idea. So this is what's happening. We have half of the country believing complete fabrications, repeatedly believing total lies. Remember, half the country still does think Kavanaugh's a gang rapist, and they think Donald Trump was a Russian agent. Half the country. Okay, so let's set that half aside. The other half, it's probably you and I we're talking about here, right? The other half doesn't believe anything they see anymore about anything. I've talked to you repeatedly about the vaccine. And again, you get your own vaccine if you want. Don't get the vaccine. Part of the reason I'm not getting it, it's not just because coronavirus doesn't pose a significant risk to a male of my age. Part of the reason I'm not getting it is I don't trust anybody anymore after the last year and a half. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not only not impressed by your title of doctor, I distrust you even more now. Oh, but I'm with the CDC. Oh, okay, so now I went from probably not believing what you're going to say to believing none of what you say. Oh, but I'm the FBI. Oh, okay, so you're here to frame me because I'm on the right. These are the things I think, and if this is what I think, I know that's what you think. Oh, I'm with the Department of Justice. Oh, cool, which Democrat are you covering for today? No, but we're with CNN. Oh, so this story's a total lie. Oh, but I'm a professor. Oh, okay. I think you've done more to destroy the United States of America than anyone else. Now, I think this way. I know you think this way. I see my emails. I see what's out there. But you need to understand two things. One, it's good that you think this way. It's good that you're done being a sucker because they are lying to you all the time now. They're lying to you so they can destroy you and freeze you out of society and freeze you out of the political process. That's one. So it's good. It's good that you're not a sucker. But two, for the overall health of a nation, half the country believes total lies at all times And the other half of the country believes they're being lied to at all times. Do you know where this goes? 
I've read history books. I know you have too. Do you want to have a frank talk about where this goes? Are you sure? If you don't want to have a frank talk about where this goes, don't stay on through the break. Hang on. the Jesse Kelly show. It's about time to lighten things up here. I have been asked to tell the story because during the break just now, and I'll get back to this. I'll get back to this. Why we're about to elect a fascist or about to choose a fascist in this country, a real one. And then we'll get to your ask Dr. Jesse questions. But during the break, cleaning dude comes knocks on the door and busts in and Chris Starts dying laughing. I'm like, what is it? He said, you have to tell the story about the cleaning lady one time. All right, let me explain what a a radio studio in general is like. You, there are a bunch of studios here. There are all kinds of radio studios. Uh, you, You have a gigantic radio station and there's a rap station and a sports station and a country station. And there's all these different stations. So you just have halls and halls and halls of studios. Now, Towards the end of the day, because most people are gone, that's when they bring in the cleaning crew and they roll around cleaning supplies, empty out the trash cans and whatnot. This was two or three years ago. Chris, I'd love to actually get the audio of this. I don't, there's no way we'll be able to find it. I'll, no way, never mind. We'll never be able to find it. But two, three years ago, I'm on the air. And when you're on the air, not only are the studios soundproof, when you're on the air, There's a gigantic on-air sign above it that lights up and blinks. You can't, it's not mistakable. And they do that on purpose so your buddy doesn't just come barging in. I mean, it would be embarrassing. We're live right now across the United States of America. If one of my buddies comes barging in right now, Kelly, are we getting beers after? I'm going to have to offer you an explanation, right? So two, three years ago, gosh, I wish I could remember the date, Chris. Well, I'm on the air, and I'm clearly on the air. You can look through the window. The, the, the doors all have a window. It's all like bulletproof glass stuff because it has to be soundproof. But they have a window, and you can see me. I'm just, look, and who doesn't want to see me? Stop, Chris. Anyway, we get this. I'm on the air, and I hear a... And this is while I'm talking, right? I'm talking to you, and I turn, and it's the cleaning lady. And she asks, she does this thing with her finger, like, can I come in? Pointing to herself and kind of pointing inside. I'm doing, I can read the hand motions. And I look at her and I shake my head. And I I didn't want to be mean. Maybe in hindsight, I should have been mean. It's, it's, uh, maybe this is my construction background. I love cleaning people. Like blue collar people like that. Uh, Somebody who goes to work five, six hours a day, and she cleans up other people's stuff. I think that's cool. And you know why I think that's cool? Because that job sucks. And everybody knows that job sucks, and that person still does it to support herself and her family. And I've had a lot of really bad jobs that I hated supporting, that I did to support myself and my family, and those are some dark, miserable days. You might be in there right now. So that's why I like, so I didn't want to be rude. She does the can I come in thing, and I just shake my head. And then she starts to press the door and like starts to press it open. 
at this point in time, I have to be kind of rude, so I not only shake my head, I do the waver away thing where I have my hand open-palmed by my face and I'm waving it at her really fast like I'm trying to shoo a fly. And she looks at me, and she nods her head as if I waved her in and then just busts open the door. And not only busts open the door, she props open the door. There are all kinds of people in the hall making noise. And I just decided to start talking to her on the air because I didn't know what else to do. Only she didn't speak English. She only spoke Spanish. And that was probably, I mean, there's no way she didn't understand what I was saying. But she just sat there, started emptying out the trash cans, and she's wiping off the desks. And I, by this point, I'm laughing so hard I've got tears coming down my face. It probably came across really bad on the radio, but I thought it was freaking hysterical. Absolutely freaking hysterical. (laughs) All right. Back to our fascist talk. And then we're going to wrap this up and we're going to get to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions and we're going to have a bunch of fun. People will universally, there is no exception to this, people will choose safety before they worry about other things. Because in the it's just human nature. In the minds of most people, what does it matter if you're not safe? What does it matter if I have low taxes if I'm not safe? What does it matter if the border is secure if I'm not safe? It just, I used this example before. Picture a mother with her children in a boat in the middle of the ocean, and the boat develops a hole in it, and it starts sinking. I mean, think about the mental condition of that mother. And then you have another boat pull up to it. Boat's doing fine, and she thinks she's going to get rescued. These politicians now who talk to you about things that don't matter, that aren't fighting the left, they sound like this ship captain who leans over to the mother and says, hey, what do you guys want for lunch? Do you want the chicken strips or the burger? She's looking at him like, are you out of your mind? Protect me. Save me. Get me out of the boat. Get me out of the boat, and then we'll talk about chicken strips. I'm dying. My kids are dying. That's what's happening right now in the United States of America on a macro level. Why will the right elect a fascist? Because the left now have gone full cultural Marxist. They are more ravenous and perverse and depraved than they've ever been before. They are ultra, ultra, ultra aggressive. And at the same time, the right, the right seems to think this is 1990. Remember, I played that, I played that audio for you a thousand times. I'm not going to bore you with it again about Elise Stefanik, that high-ranking GOP member in the House that says the GOP is going to focus on being the party of low taxes. What I'm saying to you is we're sinking. You feel it. I know you feel it because I feel it. It feels, you feel surrounded. You feel like everything you love and care about is being crushed and frozen out and destroyed. You're scared. You don't want your country to turn into what it's turning into. And you want someone to save you. And the GOP, they're leaning over the side of the boat asking what you want for dinner. Because the GOP will not fill the void of safety. Because they will not fill the void of being the one that says, I, I will protect you from the leftist hordes. The right, they will choose a monster in the end. 
History says it's so. People think I'm joking when I say this. I'm not at all. Within 10 years, within 10 years, if not next election cycle, but within 10 years, the right, the majority of the right, I don't mean 20%, I mean over 50% of the right would vote for a candidate for president who campaigns on imprisoning journalists. They would. Even Chris. Chris is a huge libertarian. Even he's raising his hands. That's the feeling now. The feeling now is I and my me and my way of life. It's under such a relentless assault that I don't care about anything except for protecting myself and my way of life. A fascist is coming. That's how Rome ended up with Julius Caesar. The system itself was so corrupt and so corrupt and so depraved and so ruinous that the system continued to kill all the other people who rose. And finally, Rome picked somebody they would have never picked even 50 years before. They picked a man to be dictator, and they loved him. And they loved him. Uh, right up to the point where the Senate didn't love him anymore. That's another story. <laughs> Probably a good time to bring up the fact that Chris has an extremely inappropriate pen holder in the office. It's a, it's a little bust of Julius Caesar, and the pens are all sticking in the back of him. That's not right, Chris. Don't, don't stick one in while I'm on the air. That's not right. All right. That's enough of that. It's time to get your Ask Dr. Jesse questions on a Friday. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Let's have some fun. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I just want to be clear as we get to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. I'm not excited about the fascists taking over. I know many of you are. I'm not excited about, gosh, political violence. That's terrible, man. I don't want to see anybody get hurt ever. All I'm saying is it's coming. It's coming. It will be within my lifetime one will take over. It will. Because there's society always seeks a balance. With the left being this ravenous and the right being this weak and unable to protect its base for this long, well, people will eventually turn to somebody who can protect them. And that somebody is not always a nice guy. I've told the history store before. In fact, Maybe I'll do my history story Monday on Pinochet again. People love that. I might do it on Monday. You want to know what a fascist looks like? It's not pretty. Before you start cheering, they were putting cigarettes out on communists. They were picking them up in helicopters and chucking them out the back over the mountains. They were hanging them. They were shooting them. Be careful what you wish for. That's some ugly stuff right there, and I don't ever want to see somebody get hurt, especially over politics here Am I hope? Am I? Do I think cooler heads are going to prevail? No, but a man can hope. I hope a man can hope. Let's get to your questions, Doctor Jesse. 
First off, I'm proud to say that I am one of your day one listeners here on 710. That's the great 710WOR, New York City, the voice of New York. Gosh, I love that station. And I've been a fan since seeing you on Tucker. Hold on one second. I do have to give some credit where it's due here. You, I want you all to understand the name Tom Cuddy. You should remember that name. He runs 710WOR. The reason you get to hear my voice on 710WOR is that man, Tom Cuddy. There you go. Anyway, now on to the question. Dr. Jesse, I've been living in the People's Republic of New Jersey for far too long now, and as I enter the second half of my life, I'm looking to retire out of state, but I haven't decided on which of the two on my list, which one would be best. They are Texas and Montana. Since you lived in both, which one would you recommend for a red state yearning, MAGA-loving conservative? Now, I'm going to give what sounds like a mealy-mouthed answer, and you know I hate that, but I love both states for different reasons. I'll just say this. I am here in the Houston area of Texas. And while I love Texas, I love my area. I love the food. I love the people. I love everything about it except for the weather. There is no defense of the weather down here. It is subtropic misery. It goes from 95 degrees with 100% humidity to monsoons and hurricanes right back to more 95 degrees. You are sticky at all times. I don't know what the deal is with women and humidity, but every woman down here complains about the humidity, something to do with their hair or something. I don't understand. I don't have much hair, and I'm getting less and less by the day. So there's no defense of Texas weather. That said, I'm not moving back to Montana or have no plans to. I mean, who knows the plans God has for a man, but I have no plans to. Why? The weather. I loved growing up in Montana. It was a healthy existence. The air is clean. The mountains are beautiful. You're hiking, you're skiing, you're hunting, you're fishing. It's, it's that all outdoor stuff. I loved growing up in Montana. Still love Montana to this day. Go visit every chance I get. I float the rivers. I go fish. As I get older, shoveling my way out of the driveway in the morning in the wintertime becomes less and less appealing. What do I mean by that? I mean, on more than one occasion, in order to get to school that morning, instead of getting up at, say, oh, 7 a.m., eating a little breakfast, taking off, I'd have my old man shaking me awake. Get out of bed, boy. We got work to do. 5 a.m. to go out and spend two hours shoveling the driveway. Chris just told me 200 bucks for an electric snowplow. One, we didn't have $200 for an electric snowplow. And two, even if we did, my dad would never have bought one of those for me because he thought the shoveling builds character. I'm not against snow. I love snow. I love skiing. I love snowball fights. I love it all. Montana weather, Texas weather is brutal. Montana weather adds an extra layer of work and hardship that you don't get other places. I'm not trying to dissuade you from it. I'm not at all. I want you to make sure that is built into your decision. When we first moved to Montana, this is a true story. 
We're a construction family, right? We're born in Ohio. That's all my old man did. That's what his old man did. That's what I did for much of my life. We moved to Montana, and we're looking for a place, trying to find something we could afford, and we end up in a ski cabin on the side of a mountain. I'm not making that up. Got a frozen pizza for Christmas that year. We just didn't have any money. In order to go get groceries, this is what we had to do. We had to walk through the snow down the hill. It's a, it's a mountain, so that's knee-deep snow. I don't mean an inch or two like New Jersey. Knee-deep snow. Drive into town. You have a four-wheel drive. You must have a four-wheel drive pretty much at all times. Go into town. Get your groceries. We would get back to the ski cabin, but you can't drive up to the ski cabin. We had sleds at the bottom of the hill with ropes on them where we would load the groceries into the sleds and then hump them up the hill into the house. I Again, I can't stress this enough. It's a cool, awesome, wild, crazy existence in Montana. We go elk hunting in the mountains, riding horses out there, and you'd feel like John Wayne. You feel closer to God than ever before up there. I'm not trying to dissuade you. I'm telling you, though, be ready for the weather. My old man used to make me go split firewood when it was 20 below. I remember the time he made my sister and I go 20 below zero, splitting firewood. We'd have to take breaks to go in the truck and, ha- and thaw our hands out. And then you go back and do it again. That's your life if you're up there. You build that into part of your life. Now, maybe you're well off enough. You're not going to have to split firewood or something like that. But just understand the cold. Uh, you may think you know cold if you're in New York or New Jersey or something like that. And I, look, I'm not denying you get some winter. I've been cold in New York City plenty of times. You might not know Montana cold. You might not know keep keep one of those kind of foil blankets in your car, or you might die if your car goes off the road in the middle of the night. That happens all the time. Every season, that'll happen in Montana. Someone will be driving, car will slide off the road, hit hit an ice patch. They'll find the guy as a frozen ice block two days later. That sounded way scarier than than I probably intended it. I'm just telling you that's why I'm not going back. I'm not waking up and getting ready to come into the studio to do radio and shoveling snow for two hours. No, thank you. I'll handle the heat and the humidity and the mosquitoes. I hope that answered your question. Now, let's talk about Congress and insider trading, and then we'll get to this landlord thing. Golly, we got a lot to unpack tonight on The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We're going to get to this insider trading of Congress thing here in just a second. Just real quickly, one last thing on the snow. They don't cancel school for snow in Montana. When I was in Ohio, I remember, and a lot of you, you're going to nod along with this. If it was snowing, if we woke up as kids and it was snowing outside, we would be so excited. We would run to the television because there was no internet then. We would run to the television and turn on the local news. Waiting for the inevitable school cancel cancellation. Oh, an inch of snow on the ground. No school. So we moved to Montana when I'm 10. First time it starts snowing. I think to myself, oh, nice. No school. <laughs> That's hilarious. They don't cancel school for weather in Montana. 20 below. Five foot snow drifts. There's the bus. Go get on it. And... 
Not only did they not cancel school, and maybe times have changed because everything else is so different now, they made you go outside for recess. It's not there like it's not like they were ever oh stay stay inside. Nope. Get your winter coat and your gloves on and get your butt outside for an hour and go play football and smear each other into the snow. <laughs> Back to your questions. Dear Dr. Jesse, did you know it's legal for Congress to do insider training? Scott Brown of Massachusetts put a stop to this. When he was defeated in the next election, they went back to insider trading. Do you remember when Martha Stewart went to jail for insider trading? She got a tip from her boyfriend. He knew it was going to happen with a company that he worked for. It's not necessarily true. Uh, There are technicalities with the insider trading thing. Congress is not allowed to do insider trading. They're really not. Now, they get away with it, but they're not allowed. Hey, Sasquatch Kelly, the 6'8 Oracle of the Airwaves. You know what? That's not very nice. Sasquatch Kelly is not very nice, Chris. I don't care that you think it's funny. I have a heavy-handed question that only you can answer today. Who obsesses over height more, women or short men? Seems to me the race is neck and neck, metaphorically and literally. Okay, that's actually very good. I would say men do. I would say men do. But that said, look, it's not arguable. Women, because you don't have to, you don't have to apologize for this, ladies, because biology is what it is. Men want a dime. Women want a man who can provide for and protect them. That's we want different things. That's it. Men want a dime who can cook and raise their kids. Women want someone who can protect and provide for them. The height. When someone's tall, it gives at least the illusion of power and authority. Women do not want to date somebody shorter than they are. It just rarely happens. That's why I have always felt terrible for six-foot women. Now, six-foot women are dimes, right? I mean, there's so many times six-foot woman is a stunner. She walks in the room, the room stops moving. But let's say the normal everyday woman, 5'5", five, five or something like that. Let's say the normal everyday woman has a pool of 100 men to choose from. There are 100 men she might choose to date. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe she'll marry him. How much does that pool shrink if it's a six-foot woman who wants a man taller than her? The wife is 5'2". My wife is 5'2". You should see the glares she gets from tall women when we walk into the room together. There's so much resentment there because I'm so tall. <laughs> but I, I would say men are probably more obsessed over because a short dude like uh, Dave Reboy. We have Dave Reboy on the show all the time. He's not a tall dude, but instead he just made sure he's enormous. He can bench press a pickup truck. So he does. He's just all awash. But eh, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's neck and neck. Dear Omnipotent Kelly. I like that. Chris, what's omnipotent mean? All-knowing? Oh, okay. Well, that's fair then. Dear Omnipotent Kelly. What, Chris? I just finished your segment about Waffle House. Let me start by saying I will not be friends with someone if they disparage either the awful waffle or crystal. In case you missed it or any other part of the show, last night... 
I told a long story about my son slicing over slicing open his foot in the Waffle House bathroom. You can find any part of the show you miss at all. Uh, every show is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes. This is important. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. As you see, there's about 900 of them now, and I think it is pants-wetting funny when people do it. Anyway, moving on. He says, I keep up with the news and with the communists ruining everything. I simply don't have room for that kind of negativity in my life. My wife is a fiend for Waffle House, he says. That's a rarity. We often get our order to go because we have two-year-old twin boys at home and taking them anywhere is a nightmare. Oh, gosh. People who've never had kids, Chris, you just wait till you start having kids, till you start doing the responsible thing and stop living in sin and marrying that woman and making kids so we can further on this country. Anyway, wait till you have one or two-year-old kids. You take them out to restaurants. You have to put down stuff on the tables. You have to cut up their food. They're making noise. People are staring at you. They're throwing stuff. He's 100% right. You get that stuff to go. <laughs> My question is, how do you feel about Huddle House and IHOP? Huddle House is acceptable if that's all there is, but IHOP is just too highbrow and doesn't offer the ambiance that is Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> you can read my name on the air if you so choose. He said his name is Derek. Okay. I'm a Huddle House fan. I don't mind. Why are you raising your hands, Chris? You don't know what Huddle House is? Okay, just think. It's like a uh, like a Denny's. Kind of like a Denny's. Maybe a little more southern than a Denny's. I would be willing to bet most of the Huddle Houses are in the south. But I've lived everywhere, so I don't have any notion really of where things stop and where things go. I hopped did something one time that made me mad. Took the kids in there, and you know they they hand out the little things for kids to draw on. Lots of time when your kids are small enough, they'll hand you a couple crayons and they'll hand out some placemat things for the kids. They handed them out to my sons, and it was all global warming propaganda for kids. For kids, I mean, it was you know man made climate change. It, I was so turned off that I just. Uh, I hate the corporate merger of all this filth. I hate it. Oh, speaking of climate change, please, Chris, tell me you still have that clip. We probably don't have time for it right now. I'm going to play you a clip after the break. I've never laughed this hard in my entire life. Is there anything more enjoyable than watching media people get absolutely destroyed on their own shows, especially left-wing media people who aren't informed and they're trying to be total hacks and they're trying to make their guests look dumb or push propaganda and the guest is not interested in a return visit, so he's just having none of it. Brian Stelter had a guest on his show, Brian Stelter of CNN. Obviously, we're not huge CNN fans on this show, and he has this guest on his show, John Coleman. Starts pressing him about climate change stuff. Hang on. You're going to want to hear this. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is. 
is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I have to pick up the pace on the questions and the stories. I got to get to this landlord story. Gosh, I, I, it is such a burden being right all the time, Chris. But don't rub your head. Now, first, before we do that, you and I are going to step back for a moment. This is a little bit of a longer audio clip. Brian Stelter has on John Coleman. He's the founder of the Weather Channel. <laughs> and he starts he starts trying to push the global warming garbage. It it doesn't go very well. Clear, Mr. Kenny's not a scientist. I am. He's the CEO of the Weather Channel now. I was the founder of the Weather Channel, not the co-founder. And I'm glad you did, because I am addicted to the Weather Channel. I watch a lot I'm of cable news. Now. Hold on just well, a minute. I'm not done. And CNN has taken a very strong position on global warming that is that it is a consensus well there is no consensus in science science isn't a boat science is about facts and if you get down to the hard cold facts uh, there's no question about it climate change is not happening there is no significant man-made global warming now there hasn't been any in the past and there's no reason to expect any in the future there's a whole lot of baloney and yes, it is. It has become a big political point of the Democratic Party and part of their platform. And I regret it's become political instead of scientific. But the science is on my side. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion about the topic right here. What I do wonder, well, I know though, we're is when not, you because see you wouldn't the... allow it to happen on CNN. But I'm happy well, that we, I got on the air and got a chance to talk to your, uh, to your viewers. Hello, everybody. What there I is do... no global warming. <laughs> Something tells me John Coleman is not going to be invited back to CNN anytime soon. <laughs> well, what they what they should did I ever tell you my CNN story? I've never told you my CNN. Yeah, with me, Chris. Yes, with me. I never told you that. Oh, I can't believe I've never. All right, buckle up. It's story time. We'll get back to the questions in a second. So. I am, uh, this is, I would guess, two two years ago or so, just really starting out in media. I have a, a just a, a local show here on the great KPRC in Houston. I don't even know if I'd gone to two hours drive time in the evening yet. I think it was still a 7 to 8 o'clock at night show. If, if, if I had gone to drive time, it was fairly early. But I get this invite for HLN. HLN, I don't even know if it still exists. It's like a subsidiary of CNN, one of their alternate channels. I get this invite to come up there and do a show for them. And I go up and I sit down and I was the conservative on on the panel. So I get up there and I sit down and I'm the conservative on the panel. And I killed it. Absolutely killed it and just filleted the person that I debated. Once I was done, the producer that I knew was super conservative stops me on the way out the door and says, that was so good. We want to fly you up here every week or every two weeks to do a spot on this show. Will you be willing to do that? And I hadn't, I mean, I'm still looking to start a career, right? I'm still looking to start a career. What, Chris? Chris said they're going to fly me out every week. Oh, you can't imagine how much money these TV companies have. Oh, yeah, buddy. They were going to fly me out every week and fly me out first class every week. Right? They put you up at a hotel across the studio. I mean, the works. They tell me they're going to, we're going to fly you out every week. That was so good. That was so good. 
And I said, oh, that's great. I mean, of course, I'm jumping at the opportunity. I, I, I want to be on TV. I want to do something. I mean, I didn't realize I was eventually going to have my own show, which is on the TV channel, The First, every single night, 9 p.m. Eastern, I should point out. So I fly back home. I tell the wife, I, I, about this point in time, I, I quit my RV job. I'm, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have a career. And then nothing. No phone call, no text, no email, no nothing. Absolutely nothing. Completely ghosted. I didn't find out the truth till later, and I'm hiding a bunch of names here because I know a lot of these people are still listening. A lot of these people are in New York. That's where all this stuff went down. A buddy of mine who was working there now works for someone else. He said, you understand what happened to you at HLN, right? And I knew exactly what he was talking about. You know, you get the invite. They love you. Ghosted. And I said, no, I have no idea. And he said, you really don't know? I said, no. I mean, did I step on someone's toes on the way out the door or something? He said, CNN, HLN, they're only going to have on someone from the right if that someone it will, A, spend all their time criticizing the right, or B, if they're an idiot who looks stupid as they try to defend the right every time. He said, You're, you didn't get invited back because you did so well. How's that for a revealing moment for you? I can't believe I've never told you that story before. That's a true story right there. Remember that when you're watching the, the local dollard on CNN who can't seem to articulate a point for your position and you're sitting there screaming at the TV, why don't you tell him this? Why are you an idiot? Why are you a weakling? He's there because he's an idiot. He's there because he's a weakling. Now do you understand how these people think? All right, let's get to this story. This is from the New York Times. A landlord says her tenants are terrorizing her. She can't even evict them. A landlord in Queens say her tenants curse and spit at her and owe more than $23,000 in rent. But an eviction moratorium keeps them from being kicked out. I'm not going to read the story. It's the New York Times. You know I try not to do that on the show. If you want to go read it, that's fine. But I am going to do something. I'm going to do maybe my favorite thing in the world. Besides eating, this is probably my favorite thing in the world. I'm going to say, I told you so. You see, this whole eviction moratorium thing, I'm sad to say that actually started under Trump during the COVID stuff and Trump supported it. And on day one, I came out and screamed from the rooftops, are all of you people insane? You're going to collapse the economy. Landlords must be allowed to kick people out who can't pay, not because they're barbarians, but because landlords also have bills to pay. They have mortgage payments to make. They must make those payments to whom? Banks, large banks, small banks, credit unions. We have a landlord crisis coming. Guess what happens after the landlord crisis? Guess what happens, especially to the smaller, mid-sized banks and credit unions when all those landlords say, sorry, 
I can't pay my loan back. Are you starting to understand how much trouble we're in? I'm not quite done on this. What else is coming? I'll tell you what's coming. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show, and we are having a blast on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We were going over this story about the landlord saying her tenants are terrorizing her. She can't evict them. Remember, this eviction moratorium began under Trump, obviously continued under Biden, always sold by politicians as being the humane thing to do. We can't kick people out. Okay, well. Landlords are not all wealthy people. They have chosen to invest in a property. Most of the time, they've chosen to invest in a property. And then they rent out said property. And they hope to have enough tenants in there who pay so they can pay the mortgage on the property while also turning a profit. If you have doomed a landlord with an eviction moratorium, then the landlord can't pay said mortgage. When the landlord can't pay said mortgage, the bank ends up a little short on funds. Now, if we're talking about some major bank, Chase or something like that, not the end of the world. They can withstand it. The huge institutions can withstand losses like that. But I think we would all be in agreement, whether you're a big bank, small bank, credit union guy, we want as many as possible, right? We do want choices. Well, banks don't make money by just letting your money sit in there. And I know people love to hate banks, but banks aren't charities either. Banks exist to make money. They take your money They loan out said money, and they anticipate getting a return on that money with interest paid. That's how they make money. If a small bank, small credit union, stops getting that money, a bank can go bankrupt just as easily as any other business. They don't get to look around and say, you know, I think I'll just take all the cash in the safe deposit box to cover the bills. That's not how that works. We are going to have another banking crisis on our hands if we continue this eviction moratorium because these landlords can't pay, therefore the bank can't make ends meet, therefore the bank closes. Again, our coronavirus response was so idiotic. It was so unbelievably idiotic. All we did was kick all the pain down the road and made all the pain so much worse by shutting down our economy. Oh, my God. Hey, how you oh doing? Oh, my God, Murphy. How you, you doing? such a You're having you fun are... with your family. In the meantime, you're having all kind of other bullshit. Are you a little too drunk? No, no, I'm not drunk, as a matter of fact. Well, can you put your mask on? Please. You can go yourself. How's that? Well, I don't you know why I don't need a mask? Because there ain't nothing like wrong Trump. with me. I like your Trump phone. You're right. Guess you who Trump likes? He likes my dad. Yeah, yeah, he do- no, he doesn't like your oh, phone. He, he does. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you know what? You Come on. 
that's still the greatest piece of audio we play on this show. I don't even know. Why did I bring that up now? I have no idea because it makes me laugh. That's why. That was, of course, some women, New Jersey women, and that's what you get from New Jersey women. That's probably why I get along so well with people from New Jersey. They caught their governor out eating dinner with his family when he banned everyone else from doing so. And look, in New Jersey... They're going to give you the New Jersey treatment. <laughs> Just one long beep. <laughs> All right, back to your emails. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Remember, your emails don't have to be political. They can be totally fine. Could be about anything. Email it in. Dear Dr. Jesse, outnumbered right-leaning Phil from communist-run Canada here. He said I could read his name. Your show is a beacon of sanity in a crazy world right now, and my brother, I constantly marvel at your ability to speak our thoughts onto the airwaves so consistently. But, here we go, your take on Van Halen the other day just brought you down a couple dozen pegs in my book. How can a red-blooded, and he puts handsome in parentheses, how can a red-blooded manly man like yourself not love Van Halen? Are you a closeted Lady Gaga fan or what? <laughs> Look, I'm a classic rock guy. I, I, don't, I won't be pigeonholed like this. I'm a classic rock guy. Van Halen? It doesn't measure up. It's never measured up. Chris, turn this off. Turn this off. Garbage. Dear dying dog, Jesse. Okay, you know what? That's not right. The, the dog did get taken to the vet once again today. The dog is in bad shape. I don't know how the dog's going to turn along. I don't know how the dog's going to come out of this. But I do know this. I'm not going to bring up buying a new one again because I got in trouble last time. If anybody missed that story, I think that was on Monday's show where I got in trouble. The dog got sick, and I suggested the wife call the kennel in case we have to replace him. Apparently, that was not the right timing or something like that. I know, Chris. These people. Dear Dying Dog Jesse, I started to introduce spicy foods to our toddler. My parents don't think I should be doing that. They are very much not spicy food eaters. In my defense, I'm just training my toddler's taste buds to not be wimps. She's going to thank me one day when she's biting into some delicious spicy Tex-Mex, in my opinion. But what say you? I think people who can't handle spicy foods should all force themselves slowly. Don't start eating ghost peppers raw. I think people who can't handle spicy foods should all start slowly introducing themselves to it. One, spice is healthy for you. You realize that. Spice is good for you. Two, Food takes on a whole new meaning when you're comfortable adding spice to it. My wife, when we got married, her family, they don't, they, they were from Canada. And as much as I love my friends up north, even though I make fun of the 51st state a lot, but as much as I love my friends up north, north you people can't eat. You Canadians, you cannot eat. It's a friendly society. It is, uh, there's great fishing up there and hunting up there. I went bear hunting and fishing and everything up in Canada. The people are not, like, it's fine. By the way, you have an outstanding military history in Canada. A lot of people do not realize the Canadians, I know, Chris, the Canadians, absurdly brave and cool. 
your food sucks. You have no spice. It's so bland. It's absolute garbage. Canadian food is garbage. And that's where my wife and her family grew up for much of her life. She was born in America. Don't, don't you dare accuse me of marrying a foreigner. Anyway, so we get married. I would do, like if I would make Kraft mac and cheese, something fancy like that. I drown my Kraft mac and cheese in black pepper. I drown everything in black pepper. Just black pepper. Only now I go way beyond black pepper. It's black pepper and hot sauce, and I'm chopping up bacon bits in there. I make some fancy stuff, you can say. My wife couldn't handle black pepper when we first got married. Could not handle it. But if you're married to me, you're going to adjust to some spice over time. Now, I mean, she's a hot sauce freak. She won't eat anything without drowning it in hot sauce. Made her a Bloody Mary the other day. She's like, why isn't this spicier? I was like, geez, woman, I put half a gallon of hot sauce in it. So for your toddler's sake, I 100% support it. And don't think that lady's a monster. Toddlers get used to stuff real quick. We started doing that with our kids. A little pepper here, a little pepper there. Now, my boys are 10 and 12. If I make them mac and cheese or make them eggs or something like that, half the time, they take one bite, they get up, march right over to the pepper shaker and walk back and start drowning it in that stuff. This needs more spice, Dad. I tell you what, makes a man proud. Plus, especially if you're raising a dude, you don't ever want to be the guy who says, I can't eat this. It's too spicy. Oh, that is such a bad look. All right. You know what else is a bad look? You spend a third of your life in bed. Why are you buying low quality things for your bed? There is something out there. My pillow, you know what my pillow is? It's one of those cultural institutions we need to take back. I listed cultural institutions earlier about how we've lost the corporations. My pillow's out there fighting the good fight against people who hate them. They've been run out of the big box stores. They believe what you believe and their bed stuff. I mean, goodness sakes, their mattress toppers. I own all their stuff. Their mattress toppers, their pillows. Their pillow took care of my wife's neck problems. Their sheets. It's the best quality out there. You can use your money to support someone who believes what you believe and get the best quality. That's called a unicorn. Go to MyPillow.com right now. They actually have a special going on for my listeners. They have the best cotton in the world. It's called Giza. They have Giza Dream Sheets. It's a two-for-one low-price special plus free shipping. But you have to go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Go get some Giza Dream Sheets. Get other stuff. Support the people who support you. We'll be back. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We have floods going on in New York City, which I'm not going to address directly, but I will address this. There's a video floating around online. Because, you know, Elsa's forming this hurricane, tropical storm, whatever it's going to be. It's dumping rain on people. Dumped a bunch of rain in New York. There was a bunch of standing water in the subway. Looks to be about two, three feet. People were getting in it. Getting in the water. 
in the New York subway. Do you do you have any idea how much gross stuff is in that water? I watched people do this. This this is near and dear to my heart because I lived in Houston. Well, I still do, but I lived in Houston during Hurricane Harvey when the whole place flooded and we were all underwater. Do you have any idea how many videos were flowing around online about people swimming in the floodwaters, diving into the water in their living room, swimming in the in the roads because it was that deep and stuff like that? I just need to explain one thing. This is just a PSA, and then we'll get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions and everything else. This is just a PSA. When you have massive floods like that, the sewage system floods too. You're not swimming in rain water. You're swimming in sewer water. Do not touch flood waters at all. At all. Stay away from flood waters. My goodness. I had to, uh, during Harvey... People I know got stranded. I had to get in my truck. I had a pickup truck, four-wheel drive, and I had to go try to rescue them. And I take off, and they had managed to make it out by foot. The guy lost his truck, lost everything, but he got out by foot to a place where I could at least get in and get them. And I get these two guys, and they had been walking through floodwaters, and they got in my truck. We drove home, and I dropped them off. I got in my truck again the next day, And it smelled like the local sewer system had been running through my truck all night just from those guys sitting in there. Do not get in flood water. Do not drink it. Do not swim in it. This is not a time for funsies. Chris is dry heaving over there because he remembers the videos we got. My goodness. Do you not have dads? Do people not have dads out there? Jeez. Back to your emails. Thank you so much for making me laugh on my commute home every night in Denver. You are awesome. (laughs) You're welcome. Look, we get a lot of those about people, how they enjoy the show, how much much people love the show, how much people love to laugh. Look, there's enough dark news out there. We can laugh every now and then, right? I mean, just because things aren't exactly going that well, to put it mildly, doesn't mean we have to be miserable on the way down. I want to die with some stories anyway. Hey, Oracle, I just wanted to thank you for the advice on asking my girlfriend's dad for her hand in marriage. A few a few months back, I had asked for your advice, and it really helped. I heard you say, just get to the point. But I remember this. The guy wanted to know, you know, wanted to ask his girl's dad, as he should, for her hand in marriage. Didn't know the best way to do it. Do I get him a six-pack of beer, go over to his house, invite him to the bar? In general, I take this approach for everything. I take it in business, relationships, life. I know you're going to find this shocking. I take the direct approach. I'd rather just charge right into something. Don't roll your eyes, Chris. It served us okay for now. Yeah, we've gotten in some trouble. But you're much better off just coming on out with it. Hey, O Great Oracle, Shogun of Talk Radio. I need to look into your crystal ball for this question. I'm seeing an increasing amount of buzz from the right-wing circles about presidential election audits in states like Arizona and Georgia. There was clearly fraud involved in the election that favored Joe Biden. But are these election audits even worth paying attention to? 
With the left controlling every major institution in America, it feels that no matter what, how much fraud is uncovered, the election would never be overturned. Paying attention to the election audits is interesting, but seems like a fruitless endeavor. What say you steal sombrero? Love the new show. Highway tune is an awesome song. Oh, so it says, P.S. Please provide updates on producer Chris and his near heart attack from last week. If he dies, we'll want to make sure we get you a new one before the sadness sets in. <laughs> That's cold-blooded. One, Chris is fine. He's not exactly a nervous type anyway. It was just during the new launch of the new mega show that's heard everywhere now. He stops me during the break and says, I forget what he thought it was. Oh, heartburn. He's like, what's heartburn feel like? I said, what's wrong? And he said, my chest is tight and my palms are sweating. I said, yeah, you're dying. No, you're having a panic attack. (laughs) All right, back to your question. The audits in Arizona and Georgia. Is it going to overturn the presidential election? Of course not. Of course not. However, is there anything more important than finding out exactly what happened? Finding out exactly how bad it was? Getting real information, that's one. And two, beyond that, beyond finding out what happened, because that's the past, is there anything more valuable than letting the communists know we're watching now? They have to know that we're watching. They have to know we'll dig into it. They have to know we don't trust any of them. Because, look, you can believe whatever you want to believe about the election. I've never told people what what to believe about the election, and I never will. Believe whatever you want. But here is the truth. There's a reason Democrats wanted mail-in ballots for everyone. And if you believe it's because they cared about coronavirus, well, I've got an oceanfront piece of property for you in Arizona. Okay. There's a reason the Democrats tried to pass H.R. 1, which would make the all-mail-in ballot thing something universal for every state. There's a reason, okay? Let's not be naive about this here. It's not because they want everything to be on the up and up. I don't know why people have such a hard time with some of this stuff. People, what communists will do What will they do for power? Anything. Everything. History shows it. If you really want to understand the mind of the modern American Democrat, not JFK, the modern American Democrat, if you really want to understand it, you will set aside all these modern books and this book about FDR and this book about Bill Clinton and, hey, hey, read Barack Obama's book so you can see what they think like. If you want to understand what the modern American Democrat thinks like, their philosophy in life, how they approach politics, you know what you should read? I'll tell you in a second. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You want to know how the modern Democrat thinks? Do you really want to know? Set aside the stupid books about FDR and Clinton and Obama and everything else. Go read State and Revolution. 
State and Revolution. Do you know who wrote it? Vladimir Lenin. If you really want to know, that's how they think. The state of permanent revolution. Remember, permanent revolution. These people can never give you a specific goal. Everything's general, right? Uh, equality, yeah, it's nothing. Everything's general because there is no end. Lenin spoke about it endlessly. Revolution without end. Violence, always a part of it. It has to be universal. That's why communism is a religion of domination. They, they don't just want a communist country or a communist state. It must be for everyone. You want to understand what you're up against with Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the environmental nutjobs and the feminists and the LGBTQ8000 mafia. That's what you're up against. Go read Lenin. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Dr. Jesse, recently I saw on the news that some counties in California are allowing children as young as 13 to receive the coronavirus vaccine without parental consent. This is obviously horrifying, but it doesn't surprise me at all because I understand that the leftist hordes are specifically targeting children and trying to create a rift between them and their parents. So often I hear conservative pundits say things like, don't they know that the frontal lobe is not fully developed until they're 25? And it makes me want to shake them. Don't they know that that's exactly the point? That they go after the children specifically because you're impressionable? I love hearing your history tidbits, and I'm always in awe of just how very mature and capable young men and women in the past were. Love the show. She says I can use her name. Her name is Janelle. She signs it with a P.S. I got a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a 10-month-old who I will be homeschooling. I'm doing my part. Thanks for often reminding me that raising my kids to have good values and love America is one of the best ways to resist. It's not one of the best ways to resist. It is the best way to resist. If our next generation replaces their next generation, we win. By the way, three-year-old, two-year-old, and 10-month-old, way to get after it, lady. That is impressive. Y'all keep doing your thing. But here's here's a mistake we make on the right, because we're always talking about uh, critical race theory now and school boards and things like that. We assign, this is human nature. You know, It's not because we're dumb, but... It's human nature. I do it. You do it. Everyone does it. You assign your values to someone else. You, In fact, you assign your values even to your enemy. That's why they ended up taking over the schools. That's why they took over the whole culture. Because they took over the schools when we weren't paying attention, produced generations of people who hate America, and just recently, in the past few years, we, w- we woke up, looked around, and thought, oh my gosh, but What? Even the corporations hate us now? How did that happen? Like, when did that, what? The communist doesn't share your values. In fact, the communist not only looks at your kid and says, I want that kid. I need to make sure that kid, I need to make sure he learns my truth. Not only does the communist think that way, because you would never think that way about someone else's child, would you? Of course you wouldn't. The communist not only thinks that way, this is the most dangerous part about them. The communist thinks that way, and the communist thinks he's morally right. He thinks 
You could hook him up to a lie detector test that would electronically shock him if he told you a lie and asked him, do you think it's right for you to take my children and teach them to hate me and hate our country and hate the values I've raised them with? And the communists would, without hesitation, say, yes, of course I think it's right. And he wouldn't get shocked even one little bit. The communist believes he's morally right. That's why they're so committed. Because it is his religion. I know you've heard me say it a thousand times already. It is not his political ideology. You have a political ideology. I'm a libertarian. I'm more of a traditional conservative. I'm a neocon. I'm a nationalist. That's a political ideology. They don't have that. They have a religion. They believe they're right all the way. Wrap your mind around, here's here's a little historical thing. Wrap your mind around this. What if you found out something you had done killed somebody? What if you were out uh, raking the yard? You're raking the leaves in the yard. And you have to go inside, get a bite to eat. Kids are calling, whatever the case may, may be. You just chuck the rake down and go running in the house. Well, unbeknownst to you, the rake had landed on the sidewalk. About 15 minutes after you went inside, someone was riding their bicycle without a helmet down the sidewalk, slipped over your rake, smashed their head on the ground, and died. How's that for morbid, right? Okay, they're dead. Let me ask you, because that's not a scenario that's impossible. Would you feel guilt for that? How much guilt would you feel about that person laying dead on your sidewalk? Your fault, your rake. Well, yeah, of course you would. I mean, you're not going to probably go to jail or something like that, but that's something that would gnaw on you. If you'd, you'd have his mom come, oh, you killed my son. Think about that. A horrible thing to think about, right? Now, I want you to think about you being responsible for 70 million of those. 70 million people riding in front of your house tripping over their bike and hitting their heads and dying because of you. Could you even, I mean, would you die from grief after what, 10, let alone 10 million? Mao killed 70 million of his own people, was directly responsible for 70 million, not even of like enemy, 70 million Chinese people dead under Mao. Mao till the day he died said he was morally right. Pol Pot? Pol Pot killed 25% of his own country. That's a higher percentage than Mao and Stalin. 25%. Gone. That would be like, uh, let's see, let me do the math here, 25. That'd be like 80 or 90 million Americans. Pol Pot, they asked him, they asked him towards the end of his life what he thought about that. He said, I didn't do anything wrong. It's not just that these people believe in their religion. It's not just that their religion is a religion of domination and destruction. It's they think they're morally right. That's what, if they thought they were the bad guy, that'd be one thing. You might be able to persuade that person. They think they're the good guy. When the local uh, conservative shop owner gets sued and protested out of existence because he won't uh, bake a gay wedding cake? 
The people who run that shop owner out of business don't go home that night and say to themselves, man, we're the bad guys. They go home that night and celebrate their great moral victory over evil. I'm not saying it to scare you. I'm saying it to wake you up about what you're facing. That's what you're facing. Headline. Chris told me this headline, and he asked me. He's reading me the headline, and he's asking me if I want him to print off the story to see you know, if I, if I have any interest in talking about it on the show. You want to know what the headline is? Hang on. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. One final segment here on a Friday. A couple housekeeping items really quickly. If you missed any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Also, you can catch me. Tonight on the 1st, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Look, if you want the joy of seeing me as well as hearing me, <laughs> tune in for that. Chris, uh, sometimes he'll ask me if, if if I want him to print a story for me. And he starts out, he said, hey, you want, you want me to print this story? It starts out, half-naked man. And I said, stop. The answer is yes. From now on, just let it be known. Anytime there's a story that starts out with half-naked anybody, yes, I want you to print the story. Half-naked man sets fire to cross atop L.A. church, jumps from the rooftops, and rappels down the power lines to evade the police. That's amazing. That's amazing. This, is, this took place in Los Angeles. I know I would normally be extremely upset about the uh, about the vandalization of churches, I think churches should have armed security around them at all times. At this point in time, start protecting what's yours. Um, but jumping from the rooftop and rappelling down power lines—is the guy too drugged out to realize the whole rappelling down power lines thing could have ended really, really badly? <laughs> Sean Penn blasts. The Soviet cancel culture for wrecking Hollywood. This is the same Sean Penn who went down to see the socialist dictator Hugo Chavez, right? This is the same Sean Penn who's been pushing hard left all the time. Looks like Dr. Frankenstein doesn't like the monster anymore. Listen, communists, listen to me. Even Trotsky ended up with an axe in the back of his head. Communists never stop. They're going to eat you too. If you don't have any other reason to walk away from that religion, let that be it. They're going to eat you too. Maybe it's today. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's 10 years from now. Everybody gets eaten. I brought up Pol Pot before. 22. There were 22 members of Pol Pot's Central Communist Committee when he took power. A year later, you know how many of them were dead? 18. It's a religion of domination and destruction, and it's not only for the enemies of communism. Dr. J. Steele, Oracle, and Nacho Justice Warrior, Chris, don't shake your head. 
Being a long-time listener, a whole two years from Houston. Hey, buddy, that's about the whole time we've been on the air. Being a long-time listener, I recall some less-than-rosy statements you made about spending on space exploration. The irony of these somewhat disparaging remarks coming from a guy who was born on the 12th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. Yes, my birthday's on July 20th. No, I'm not going to bring it up on the air because I don't want all these emails from people wishing me happy birthday and tell me how much they love me. That's so low class. So I'm not going to tell anyone my birthday is on July 20th. What if space colonization proves to be the only way to preserve our conservative values? Centralization, globalization, and secularization, that's a lot of isations, have led to a slow slouch toward global socialism. What if this trend can only be slowed but not stopped? We'll be looking for an exit. I remain completely opposed to my tax dollars being spent on exploring space for any other reason than to put nuclear weapons up there aimed at China and Russia. What, Chris? I'm fine with, yes, I'm fine with space exploration, of course. I just don't th- – I, I think it's a complete waste of my money, a complete waste of my money. And whenever you bring this up, you'll get these people – because I realize this is the least popular take in the world. You watch, Chris. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We'll show up Monday. Email inbox will be full of NASA defenders. You'll get people be like, oh, you wouldn't even have Velcro if it wasn't for NASA. Okay. Look at the grand total of all the money we've sunk into space exploration. You expect me – to accept your explanation that Velcro made it all worthwhile? Get out of here with that nonsense. I just believe this. And I understand I'm a cold-hearted jerk. I know that. And I understand I'm talking to so many people who remember the moon landing. Okay, fine. I believe we were given just this earth. Nothing else. Just this earth. And I don't understand why I'm wasting my resources in outer space. Oh, but we we land a rover on Mars. Oh, cool. It's like 900 degrees in the shade. What what does that do for me? Cool. How much of my money did you blow on the rover? No, but we found dirt. Oh, that is exciting. And they always put these headlines out there to try to justify the funding. It drives me crazy. Uh, Scientists now believe that there could have been life on Pluto 10 million years ago. Okay, so scientists just made up a lie so we can continue sinking money into this whole fiasco. Look, if Elon Musk and all these private companies want to sink money into space, go to the final frontier. If the American military wants to spend money making sure we are space weapon fortified against China and Russia, because Russia especially is very, very aggressive when it comes to space. They actually have these little satellites with hooks on them. They've designed to grab our satellites and push them out of the way and stuff like that. If it's for a military purpose, fine. I don't care if you go to the moon again. It means nothing to me. I don't care. Oh, we we sailed through Saturn and saw the rings. Great. I can see that on an image search. What did that do for me? What does it do for me? That's going to get the hate mail mail pouring in, Chris. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) All right. We have a fun show planned for you next week. Let's see if I can get one more thing here. Dear Dr. Shogun, 
Where would you rank civil service reform and priorities when selecting a candidate in the primaries for 2022? I will not. I will not use this microphone to support a single Republican who doesn't think we need massive wholesale changes at the FBI and the other three-letter agencies. I will not support it. You will not get airtime from me at all. It is number one. All right. Go enjoy your Friday night. Go enjoy your Friday morning. Go enjoy your Monday morning. Enjoy every single day. That's all.